Listen. Welcome to the Dotcast from Nine Dots. Nine Dots is the online learning community for wedding photographers. We've got loads of online training content, and each year we run the Nine Dots Gathering in London. Find out more at nine-dots.co. Hello, Dotcast friends, new and old. My name is Adam Johnson, and I'm one of the co-founders of this crazy little thing called Nine Dots, along with the Earl of Yorkshire, Andy Gaines, and the Prince of North London, Rahul Kona. Episode 30 of the Dotcast already. Time flies when you're agonising over audio quality. This is the second series of Dotcast episodes loosely titled Chats with Nine Dotters as I introduce you to photographers from the Nine Dots community. This episode is a conversation with Sanjay Gohill, a photographer based in London and a long-time member of the Nine Dots community. Sanjay is a successful wedding photographer and one of the most humble people you could meet in the industry. During this episode, we chat about the importance of community over competition, being open with your knowledge, paying it forward, and we finish talking about diversifying your business and some tips for being productive and maintaining that all-important work-life balance. If you've got any questions, comments or suggestions, ping a message over to us on either Instagram or Facebook. Or if email is your thing, we're at hello at 9-dots.co. Yeah, I said thang. I'm not a boomer. Happy Dotcasting. Over to Sanjay and be ready for instant motivational gold. Knowing me, Adam Johnson. Knowing you, Sanjay Gohill. Aha. Aha. Welcome to the Dotcast. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me, man. Ah, you're Thanks. very welcome. No, I'm, re- I'm really happy to have you on here. It's going to be it's going to be fun chatting to you for the next 40 minutes or so. So, um, where are you right now? At this very second in the moment, I am actually sitting in my lounge. Um, I thought if I'm going to do a dotcast, I'm going to be I want to be comfortable. So, Pink's my wife. She's uh, she's uh, decided to be upstairs in the bedroom while I'm actually down here talking to you. But I'm lovely, nicely enjoying my sofa, uh, which is quite rare at times, especially at, at like whatever time it is at the moment in the afternoon. Normally, on a on a normal world or in my alternative world you know i would be sort of like either photographing a wedding or i'd be editing away or cleaning gear or or something like that or hoovering that's my uh that's my other thing on a Friday afternoon, just to get things tidied up, basically, yeah. Before you said that's your other thing on a Friday afternoon, I thought you were going to say that's my other passion in life. Good work. <laughs> uh, but where are you in the country? I mean, I'm in, uh, so I'm based in London, uh, specifically Harrow, um, born and bred sort of in northwest London, um, sort of moved around locally around here a little bit. Um, used to live in an area, my parents are still in a town called Hatch End, which is like 10 minutes down the, down the road. Um, and anyone knows that this area, it's like, it's known for its like incredible vast array of non-chain restaurants which is absolutely brilliant loads of independence so uh, it's it, yeah it was great to grow up there and i used to bike around everywhere like a you know spend more time cycling as a kid than i did uh, actually uh studying hatch End's such a great village yeah, i don't you probably know this but rol kona obviously other co-founder of nine that's a good friend yeah. of mine used to live in hatch end so i'm i'm very familiar with hatch end and he made yeah. yeah we were his 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 old flat was um probably about two three minutes walk from my parents place so uh, i think at some point we were in hatch end together around that time um, oh, crazy. Yeah, before before we knew each other, yeah. Amazing. How long have you actually been a wedding photographer? Um, you know what? It's coming up. Uh, let's see. I officially went uh, full-time in 2009. So 11, 12, so maybe about 12 years. Like, Because obviously the first couple of years, you you sort of like, you know, met the right people um, and then started the journey of photography while doing a nine to five. Um, and then really when it, when it came to 2008, I believe it was, or... Yeah, no, 2009, sorry, um, got made redundant for my previous role, then decided, you know what, I've been doing, been doing photography for about a year um, on the side, really, really loved it. Um, and I thought, you know what, 
now's the time to actually become my own boss. And it's something I've always wanted to do, like be my own boss. Because my personal belief was, you know what? I want to work hard, but I want to work hard and I would love to reap most of the rewards from it. And I thought, I'm only going to do that if I'm my own boss. Didn't know what I wanted to do, but photography was always like following me in my life. So I was like, you know, I got to a stage where people saying, you're actually really good at what you're doing. And I was like, you know what? Now, now is the time to do it before getting, in case I get bogged down into another nine to five job to play it safe. Um, I thought, no, I'll, I'll take a risk in life um, while I'm still at home. And yeah, Touchwood, here we are all these years later. Never look back and thought that was a bad, that was a bad decision. <laughs> never, never. 100%. I would say that if anyone in life, if you have an opportunity to be your own boss and you've got a really good idea and you've got a passion about it, 100% go for it. You know, um, if you can take the risk, you know, obviously there's, there's um, I, had the, I had the backing that, that I, was, um, I was at home, explained to my, I had to explain to my parents, uh, Pinky at the time saying, look, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm passionate about and I, and I can make it work. I said, give me seven, eight months to make this work. Um, and I thought to myself, if it doesn't work, then I know what I have to do. But I'm like, no, that's, there is no plan B with this. It's like plan A is be my own boss uh, in photography. And you know what? Just the power of the universe. You meet the right people. Um, you get talking. And, you know, Facebook at the time was quite new in its infancy. So you just start meeting other photographers, start collaborating. Um, and you start learning. And people were just willing to like, you know, when you have a chat with someone face to face, they'll be like, you know what? Let me come over for a coffee. Let's, let's chat. You know, let's see what, what how can I help you? And it was just like, wow, you know what? This is, this is brilliant. Um, and it builds your confidence up as well. I love it. You know what? Mo on these, on these podcasts, most people build up to their uh, inspirational monologue and that happens in the last few minutes. You've, you've jumped straight in there. You've got an inspirational monologue. It was. <laughs> but you've given me loads of questions off that. So let me start off. Okay. With, uh, one thing which you kind of had as a bit of a throwaway comment at the beginning, you said you met the right people in those yes. early days. What do you mean by that? Um, so, so basically like, so the, the funny story is that like my, my when my cousin got married, this was like 2007, my aunt said to me, do, do take, take, uh, take the family photos all like, you know, with Asian weddings, there's always like lots of pre-wedding events and stuff. And I said, okay, fine. Then eventually I reluctantly uploaded the pictures to Facebook. I was like, I'm not showing my photos. You know, that's, that's for me, it's my art. And I was just like, just for the family. Um, and then basically I uploaded to Facebook and people started messaging me saying, oh, I really like your stuff because can you photograph this event? I said, yeah, that's cool. And then at one point I had a, an established wedding photographer and he actually approached me while I was on his honeymoon saying, hey, Sanj, look, I've seen your work. We were Facebook friends in the sense that we, we like added each other, never really spoke, but um, he sort of added me as a friend. And he sort of messaged me and goes, I really like your work. He goes, look, I'm on honeymoon at the moment. Would you, would you be interested in getting into the industry? And at this time I started my nine to five and my response was like, all right, then yeah, let's just see what happens, you know, and that is really blase. And I remember telling my friends about it. And then I met, met, met up, um, got talking, um, got on really well. And then he said, look, come with me on a wedding. Um, and I remember I, <laughs> I shot this wedding with him at the local Hare Krishna temple. And I had a Sony Alpha 100, which is the first SLR that Sony bought out uh, because I came from Minolta camera beforehand. And, um, I had a flash and it overheated after 300 photographs. The batteries were roasting and he's like, what's up? I said, my flash has died. I can't shoot in this intimate venue. Um, and he goes, here, use my 1DX. And I didn't know how to use a, one, a Canon 1DX. And I was really frustrated, but got through it, got some great photos. And, th and then soon after, like I was doing, like I remember doing, I was doing a fashion show, met another photographer there, um, got talking. And then really people were just like, look, we, we like what you've done you know, would love to help you, you know, would you be like willing to second shoot with us? And I said, hell yeah, definitely. And then it slowly, slowly built up, but it was always instilled that like, you know, like whatever I would, whatever I was making from photography, I'd put it, I'd invest it back into photography. So I wouldn't be investing my own nine to five money into it. And I was like, wow, you know what? I can go out and buy a 40D and a 
was it 24 to 105 f4 lens and a, and a flash without having to affect my nine to five money i was like this is bonus and, and then slowly just started building up you know then you start meeting a lot of people start building a rapport with other photographers and i remember we had there was like a couple of forums and stuff that i was part of i mean you start submitting just showing all your work and stuff and people were like look tr-, you know they'll be critiquing it saying try this try this try this or actually you know what next time do x y and z or you can better it by if you step back a little bit change your exposure slightly um, and, and it was brilliant. And then you just saw, yeah, you just start attracting the right people in your life and it was brilliant. Very cool. I mean, I mean, I started off, my first like proper camera purchase was the 40D as well. Mm. So we've got something in common there. You were a couple of, probably a couple of years ahead of me. But do you think this, this kind of collaborating with people and connecting with people has been something that you've carried on throughout your career? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, um, I've always, always loved meeting new people. Obviously, um, I have, have like some, some people actually are sort of messaging me saying, Hey, do you mind if we have a coffee or something, or I'm trying to get an industry, what would you recommend? And, and it's always nice just to connect and help and inspire that next generation. Uh, cause I think there is an art to it and it's not a case of right. You know what? A lot of people are brought up on just using phones. It's like, look, learn to use the camera properly and you can get something so much better than, than from phones and, you know, explaining why it's important to, photograph properly and then sort of helping out as, as much as I can. Um, and it's always good. You know, I, my, my, my second, one of my second shooters, um, here, um, he's an, uh, he's a nine dots member as well. And, um, he messaged me like back in 2012 saying, Hey, Sanch, do you mind having a look at some of my photos? Um, and I was like, yeah, cool. It was all wildlife and documentary. And I was like, I really like this. And there was something nice about him. And I met him up and I said, bro, look, I like your work. I said, and he expressed interest in like, you know, I'd love to do wedding photography at some point. And I said, bro, I would love to help you. And he was, he was like 17, blown away and, uh, and, and, you know, just helped, you know, helps develop him. Um, but I kind of left him to do his, his build up his own style and stuff. And yeah, he's doing, he's doing fantastic. So it's nice. It's a nice achievement. It's brilliant to pay it forward, I think. And to remember that you were once that guy, you know, yeah. and, to not, and to not lose sight of that. And I think what, honestly, that's one of the, my favorite things about you. And one of the reasons I wanted to chat to you on here is because you just, you're just without ego. And a lot of people, you know, after 10 years, 12 years in the industry, would maybe ignore, you know, ignore that email from that new guy who wants a little bit of advice, or, uh, or maybe just look down on it a little bit and go, "Who does he think he is? Why would I? T- why would I meet up with you? Who are you?" Type thing. But, mm-hmm. the, but I think uh, something that a lot of the, my favourite people in the industry have in common is that there isn't there isn't that element of ego, and there is that willingness to help each other, uh, and not to see it as, and not to have a kind of an insecurity about it, and just be happy to pass on your knowledge and to, and like I say, to pay it forward. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, and I, and I believe it's also it's like collaborate don't you know collaborate as opposed to competition you know it's yeah. it's we help we help each other out and i and i think that that's that that's the that's the the law of the universe you know with karma what goes around comes around if, if i can if i can help someone somewhere in life it's gonna hopefully come back to me but obviously i don't have any expectations of it but if i can help someone just to do something a little bit better in life or help them with a photography then or or anything really then it's like yeah why not yeah, I couldn't agree more. I've got some friends who, uh, I say friends, I'm doing that, I'm doing that industry thing where I'm, where I'm <laughs> like going to name drop somebody that, I, but I, I do consider them friends, but they're very much like online friends. Uh, they're based in Indonesia. The, the company's called The Uppermost. I don't know if you've ever, ever seen their work. Really nice work and a really good bunch, uh, bunch of people who behind it as well. And they've got this philosophy basically where you, you can fill yourself up with information and if you then hold on to that information, you're, you're constantly, you're just full. So you've not got room for new information or, uh, you know, to take on new skills or whatever. Yeah, you filled yourself up and said, right, I'm not going to tell anybody about all this. So then you're full. Whereas they believe that if you, if you pass it, constantly passing on your knowledge and, and this, and the stuff that you know, 
you're, you're creating new space for new things to come in as well. Uh-huh. And I really like that. They word it a lot better than I just did. Wow. No, but that makes sense. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a, I have a simple mind and I completely understood that. And I, and I think, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good analogy. Yeah, I love it. I love yeah. stuff like that. And, that, and, that, and that, because of that, they're very giving people. Yeah. And they will literally tell you anything. If you ask any question about anything, they will answer it without thinking, ooh, I don't really want, that's one of my secrets. I don't really want to tell that. And they'll just answer it because they full, fundamentally believe at like a spiritual level. Mm. By telling you that, they've just made space to learn something new. And I think that's incredible. And, and more people could have that attitude to stuff. I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. It's, we, we work in a crazy industry in, in weddings. There are, there are egos flying left, right, and center. Ultimately, we are, we're, we're just humans at the end of the day. Um, and we're going to stay, stay, stay humble. And I think that is the most important thing, um, especially when people are saying, oh my God, we love you. We love your work. And I'm just like sitting there thinking, really? Okay, cool. Thank, like, thank you. But it's just really, it's, yeah, like some people, it does get to the head. And, that, and that's fine. That's up to them. Um, but for me, it's like, uh, as, as, a, as a Peloton trainer once said, uh, was it no ego amigo? And I just remember it and I was just like, I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> the simpler you can say it, the, the more profound it is. You also oh, yeah. mentioned about, um, you know, when you first got into weddings and was it specifically that you wanted to be a wedding photographer or did you want to be, just be a photographer? Um, I, th- I think when I first got behind the camera, I was like, um, I actually said to myself, I am not getting into wedding photography. I was like, I am so not. I wasn't in that wedding sort of frame, mind, uh, frame of mind. You know, I was like, you know what? <laughs> You're going to laugh. I want to shoot travel. I want to shoot landscape. I want to shoot models. You know, you're like, like mid-20s. You're like, yeah, I'm single. It's like, yeah, you know what? I need some nice models. And, and it, was, it was really bad. Like, I remember doing a couple of catwalks and stuff as well, which, which was quite good fun. And then when I, when I did start shooting weddings, I actually started to really enjoy the process of like, Understanding the wedding ceremony, there's so much, in, so many intricacies with with Asian weddings specifically, because that, that's like my 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 main sort of clientele. But I, which I really really enjoyed learning about then. Um, but I actually I started to develop like as as the years went on. Like initially it was like I want to get just cool detail shots. Um, that was that was my that was my thing initially. And then then I started learning more. And I, and I think this is probably a big part by like nine dots as well. Like just like learning about the moments and the emotion. And then I was starting to think of it in a deeper level, like what, what, what's the importance of all this photography? Like what drives me when I look at an old photograph of like hundred years ago or 80 years ago, something like that. And it could be like an emotion. It could be just capturing just like a smile or a hug or just an interaction between families. And that's what I started to really enjoy. Um, and I started seeing photography in a completely different light. And um, it, it's always like, I think it's like forever evolving, um, but certain little things, that really stand out, you know, just those little touches, that little look, the wipe of the eye, those sort of moments the, that I think that's what really started driving me. And, you know, that's, that's I think I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. Um, no, I, 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 love <laughs> I love that. I mean, the, the question was like, why did, did you specifically want to get into weddings? And you've basically saying that you've, you fell for weddings once you started doing them yeah. rather, rather than the other way around of thinking, I really want to be a wedding photographer. That's right. That's um, right. It's, it's funny though, because I, I mean, I've, I've shot quite a few Asian weddings and I think mm. like, the face of an Asian wedding is quite choreographed, isn't it? And it's like, it's almost, I know there's that, it's that old cliche of like weddings are all the same and obviously they're not, but I, I think of all the uh, cultures that I've shot weddings for, Asian weddings can be the most choreographed and the most where it's almost like this happens, then this happens, then this happens. Absolutely. You don't Absolutely. really, you don't, people don't really, aren't really able to culturally stray, stray away from that. Yeah. But I think, which makes it, but basically, what I'm saying is, it makes it more important to look for those little tiny moments that make yeah. every wedding unique. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the moments in between the moments. I think that's that's my that's one of my favourite sort of phrases, and that's what I like to try try my hardest to look out for. Um, because yes, you're right. It is it is very much like staged, and there's even to, to the points like where where there's where you know exactly what a priest is going to say, 
and 99.9% of the time he's going to say it and I know there'll be a particular reaction from it uh, but it but it but it's fine you know it's it it is what it is and and it and it's uh, each their own but I'd love to find all those things that are going to happen in between that isn't actually part of the wedding and I think just some just that's that's the magic that's yeah. the magic which makes every which will make every single wedding unique and clients will be like that's what I want for my wedding. Exactly. Also, my, my, one of my favorite things about Asian weddings is you're asked about 30 times a day whether you've had food. Have you eaten? Have you eaten? I mean, I can't be asked that question enough. I, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, much as I love Asian wedding food, I have to avoid it because I end up falling asleep. And then, you know, <laughs> I've managed to keep my waist to, to like 28, 29 for the, for the number of last couple of years. Good work. That's probably, pre- yeah, it's predominant, predominantly by not eating wedding food. Sorry, caterers, if you're listening, you know, I love you guys all, but um, yeah, it's not good for the waistline. <laughs> It's true, isn't it? But I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a, a it's kind of a comedy topic amongst photography groups, isn't it? Talking about food at weddings. But I know you you are one of the you are one of the people who will always take your own food, basically, because one you don't want to you know t- turn that twenty nine inch waist into a thirty nine inch waist, and also you just want to know what you're eating and just know that you're going to get it at a certain point. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And although I do need my cup of tea, like in between, like guaranteed before in between wedding reception, it's like before I do anything else, before, while I'm doing my slideshow. I need a good English cup of tea and a biscuit. And that's, yeah, that, that's, that's my thing. <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong, can you? So, you know, when you talk about these, these tiny moments at weddings mm. and how you kind of, you've, I guess you've evolved, matured into the kind of photographer that they wear, that's the important thing. That's the important thing you're capturing. Absolutely. What is the, what do you think that the, the key to seeing those moments and capturing those moments is? I think, I think with, with weddings, like you know that obviously like we said like there, there is a there is a structure to every wedding so you you almost you're, gonna be, you, you, you're cheating a little bit because you know what you kind of know what's going to happen but you don't know what people are going to do and i think that's the, it's about being ready for that like you know you've got to capture say like when they're walking at like an asian wedding they're walking on the fire you know they can walk around the fire but you know like all of a sudden like there's petals coming but you can't anticipate things like that but you you know it you know it's potentially gonna be happening you just got to be ready in the right place uh, or try to be in the right place to try pictures, get something quite unique. And I think it's about just being ready and being on the ball. I, I personally believe that, you know, with every, every wedding that I photograph, like I want to give my 100% attention to it um, and, and not be sort of like drained from the night before or the day before. So usually that like, just being alert and stuff is quite, it's quite important and being aware as to what's happening behind because there's so many things happening in front of you, but there's a lot of things happening behind. So it's just like really just being on the ball, um, cheesy as it sounds. Like if you need to have a coffee in the morning, have coffee and caffeine to get you hyper and ready for it but just just sort of give it the give it the enthusiasm that your couples and your families are going to give it you know you've just got to be ready and on the ball to pick up on the, all those little moments we are fortunate that we know what's going to happen so let's take advantage of that you know during the dance world the groom is going to be ended up in the air somewhere um, but you just got to you know you got to have all your lights and stuff ready you know it's going to happen so just just be prepared yeah like a boy scout be prepared i think anticipation is what you're saying really there as well because yep. i remember the, uh, the well the first few years of weddings I did, but especially the first few Indian weddings, like this, these things would keep happening almost like, you know, like you're talking about throwing the petals after the fairs and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And for the first few times, I'd like, oh, this is happening again. And I'm still not in the right place at the right time. And after a while, not just with Indian weddings, but like you just learn to think, all right, you know, if you know it's coming, put, get yourself in the right place for Absolutely. when you know it's Absolutely. about to happen. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. To me, that's um, as well as kind of just the general staying connected. I think staying connected and, and trying to be mentally one step ahead, like you say, when you're, absolutely, absolutely. you absolutely, know, you know, you don't know when, obviously it's a much less choreographed at that end of the day, but you don't know when the groom's going to end up on his mate's shoulders, but you know, it's going to happen. Yeah. Most 99% of the time it always happens. Or, yeah. Yeah. Like if you just, just got to be there and actually be 
in the middle of the dance floor. If you're getting pushed and shoved around, it's fine. Be, be, be part. I, I think be part of the moment rather than being out of the moment. Like, you know what? I know there's beautiful lenses like 7200 and things like that. But for me, like when I'm photographing on the dance floor, I want to be trying and be in that crowd as much as I can because that's where I want to look. I want my couples to look back at the dance floor pictures and sort of think, oh my God, I feel like I'm right there while, while they were necking shots, like, or pouring, sh- you know, the champagne down, the, down their throats and stuff. I don't know. I like that. I, I, I really like that sort of that first person view of uh, when it comes to like uh, uh, as much as possible with all my wedding photography, I would try that, my, uh, try that as much as possible. Obviously, we've got to be respectful of what's happening because there, you know, there are, you know, we have to, you know, we're working with other suppliers, priests, videographers, uh, you know, we don't, we don't, and then we've got 200, 300 family members that want to see the wedding ceremony, not my backside, basically. So true. So <laughs> true. Yeah. I mean, so I would say, I would describe you as a very passionate guy in general and obviously 12 you're talking 12 years into your career as a wedding photographer where are you on your trajectory of of career are you have you are you, are you finished are you, are you on the way out of wedding photography you're still passionate about it i i'm fully in that mode of like still loving wedding photography i probably i probably have a balance of like you know just to make sure i still do enjoy it you know keep keep to around that sort of 25 ish mark um on a, on a on a yearly sort of basis that way you can keep that energy there Still, still enjoy it, um, but I also, obviously, with, with, with photography, because I've, I've been fortunate to meet a lot of corporate clients and work with other commercial clients as well that end up doing a lot of different types of photography. So a lot of it's going to be like headshots, uh, drone imagery, corporate events, which, which, is, which is quite a big thing as well. But that's, that's always like nicely sort of ticking along in the background. But weddings are, uh, yeah, I, st- I still love weddings. How many more years I'm going to do? I'm not, I'm not too sure. I've not even thought about that, if I'm honest. I think, it, you know, I think it's quite a bad thing, and I think it's important to sort of have like a bit of, bit of a timeline to work out, right, what's the next steps? You know, like if I, if I get to a stage where I, want to, where, I, where I want to reduce the number of weddings I shoot, what am I going to do to sort of uh, get essentially top up the income? Um, and I feel like the commercial stuff is probably going to, at some point, it will, it will, the scales will tip, whereas where the commercial work will start picking up a bit more, and then I'll sort of reduce the number of uh, wedding, photo- wedding photograph gigs that I do. Uh, but I still, I still love shooting weddings. I think, I think they're a lot of fun. Um, this year has just been like, you know, you sort of sit back and think, oh man, like if it was a normal year. We would be in the middle of it. I, I know exactly where I was going to be tomorrow for, for the wedding, uh, for tomorrow's wedding. But, and, and, I, and I do, I think I do miss it. You know, had been fortunate to have a few sort of small wedding functions come up. So I've, I've got back into that zone of enjoying it. And it's still, it's still just as fun, a bit more mindful about everything, obviously everything that's happening around in the world at the moment, but um, you still just got to give it that 110%. But I think at some point, you know, um, I've got, I've got to sort of try and weigh this, uh, balance the scales out a little bit, a little bit better. Yeah. And that's definitely something I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, I don't want to, I've always said, I don't, I didn't want to make this series of podcast episodes too much about Corona times, but do you think in any, this, what's happened this year and been, not being able to do our jobs, is that going to change your approach in any way in the future? Do you think, or your connection to the people or the weddings? Um, I'd like to keep the connection with my, with my couples and their families as close as, and as close as possible. And um, obviously a lot of the time, it, a lot of the times it's, uh, you know, when you're at the wedding, when you meet someone, you know, you give them a hug, high five and everything. Now it might just be like an elbow, uh, <laughs> an elbow touch. And that's it. And we, you know, we've all got to be respectful for that. Obviously sort of saying to couples, look, I will tell, you know, I will play, keep myself safe. I will have a mask. Everything is sanitized before that. Anything I bring on will be sanitized and stuff. Um, and hopefully, you know, I think once, once the, uh, once, once, uh, say like when things are back to, or going to a new normal that we can sort of start approaching it in that similar sort of fashion as before, where we get that bit more closeness and, you know, have a silly selfie with my couples and, and, th- and things like that. That's, that's, that, that's the one thing I definitely miss at the moment. Cause I, f- I feel a little bit like 
hi, how are you? And, and it, you just feel that slight disconnection, but you're not disconnected from them in any sort of way. But everyone, everybody, I think everyone's like, everybody understands what, what we're in. But um, I think it has changed. And having this COVID situation has changed the sort of the, the approach ever so slightly. You know, just, just the way I manage my stress levels, especially with uh, trying to stress and anxiety, trying to rebook people, like worry, obviously, you know, there's financial worry, slight, slight financial worries like everyone else. And it's a case of, in, in some ways, it's a case of like, what would happen if I'm, if I'm 60 still doing photographs, but no one's booking me, you know, it's in a, not really thought about that before, but it's almost like, that's what it, this is what it would be like. Like, you know, you slow down your wedding bookings to, to such a level that what am I going to do? Like, what, how am I still going to support family lifestyle and, and things like that? And I think that's what this period is, you know, it's, it's given that sort of indication as to what, what I need to do to, to try to, to continue. And, and then, you know, like working with, um, Having, having other sort of businesses around, like friends that have got their own businesses, you know, how people have adapted. Uh, and I think a big, a big thing that I, that I read up on is, um, you know, have multiple income streams as well. Like have your main, main photography, have your photography as like, uh, let's, say, let's say wedding photography is like the main bulk of the business, but I'm open to now exploring other areas of photography that I would have shied away from. So say like family photography, I've been doing that a lot this year. And I actually really, really enjoyed it. Before I'd be like, no, I'm not doing family photography. I, don't, uh, I can't be doing kids and all this. But I've actually really enjoyed it, like getting out with families. My God, like two weeks ago, I was in a river squatting down. Uh, at one point, my left butt cheek was like drenched like in this, in this stream. Uh, but it was the best feeling ever. It was like 34 degrees. I, got, I, I was telling the parents, I'm like, just splash me. I said, I don't care. I said, I, want, I wanted that crazy bokeh. But, but I really enjoyed it. And I think, I think when, I, when, I, when I thought about it afterwards, I was like, what, what is it that I enjoyed? And I thought, you know what? I just love capturing moments between families. And that's all it was. It doesn't matter if it's a wedding or if it's a family shoot. Um, or if it's like a corporate event, thinking about it, it's like the interactions between people. That's, I think that's what I really enjoy the most. Yeah. And congratulations. You're the first person to use the word butt cheek on the, uh, on the doccast as well. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I, I think, um, a lot of what you're saying, I think with the one positive, well, I, I think there's more than one positive. It's not a bit of positive year, but there are positives within it. One is that it's forced people to think a bit differently about mm. their wedding photography businesses and also about the industry because it's, it is, has been seen in the past as a, an industry that's almost, immune to everything you know people will refer to it as a recession proof industry as a and all this kind of stuff and i think it's just taken that little sense of invincibility away from the wedding industry and mm. will force people to look at their businesses in a, in a different way and yeah so let's let's move on to that i mean if somebody came up to you at a party and said what do you do sanjay what do you do for a living what's your answer i, I would probably say i am uh, i'm a photographer i run my own business as a photographer yeah. Um, I could be very corporate and be a bit vague and sort of say, like, oh, yes, I have an imaging business, you know, very, very poncy just to start, you know, I've, I've been taught like, you know, try, try be a bit vague at times because then you build up a conversation. It's, 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 all, it's all networking stuff. But anyway, but no, I'd probably say, yeah, look, I, I run my own business as a photographer. And yeah. then, it's funny yeah. though, because I don't think many people would jump in and say, I'm a wedding photographer straight away. That most people would say, I'm a photographer. And then the question would usually come, oh, what kind of photography? And then after that, you might say, what in photography? But I know for you, for instance, I mean, I've seen you on Instagram quite a bit throughout lockdown, still working. You know, you've been, I've seen you with your little H helipad thing for your drone on building yes. sites, uh, because you are, the, you have got some diversity in your business already. And you did have before. Um, I mean, I know weddings was, was, was like your bread and butter, your main yes the main element of your business but you did have a commercial side to it that was already Absolutely. kind of ticking, ticking away and presumably that's been really helpful in the last six months yeah definitely i'd say like where where i've been able to like fill in a few uh, like a few gaps um i've been sort of like filling up with like the commercial stuff to so say like the drone work i've uh, been doing um, actually that's actually been filming for uh, another videography uh, a videography company 
they're, they're producing the whole video for accounts for the council. And I was there as they said, Sanj, we need you as a drone operator to, to do all the filming. So I said, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then other people like, like got networking, uh, sorry, not networking, uh, interior design, uh, like an interior designer wants me to photograph another project of hers. So it has been really helpful doing all these small little things, even, even to the point of working with a surveyor to get a, uh, a roof survey done uh, because it had asbestos. It's not sexy work, but you know what? I'll be honest, I love flying my drone. I think it's just a fun thing, but it's, but it's, good, it's good to have all these little, these little projects and these little side uh, incomes as well. Um, and it keep, kept me a little bit like, okay, look, I have faith you know, that things are going to be okay. I've been using LinkedIn a lot more over the last six months as well. Like I never touched it for years. And I thought, now this is the year to, I, I always thought to myself, you know what, let's give it a try. Uh, let's, let's try it. Let's see, let's see what we get from it. And it's about just getting that, that commercial work out there just to show you, hey guys, look, this is my wedding business. This, I've got a separate, completely separate commercial photography business. Um, let me push that a lot more on LinkedIn because that's, that's the, the, you know, LinkedIn is for business. And I think it's important to be on there if you, if you are going to do commercial work, just to show all of that sort of work. And, then, and it's, been, it's been good. Like it's, I, have, I have no expectations from it. If I post something, I'm going to get a job out of it. It's a case of, let me just raise awareness. And yeah, like people, are, you know, like when I get my email saying, oh, you've been spot, you know, you've been seen by 50 people. I'm like, who are these 50 people from like, this massive agency from somewhere uh, and, it, and it's good, but it's, but it's just about, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's just another thing that we've got to do, I think. And I think it's important just to, for me to keep busy as possible. Otherwise I, I you know, and I don't know what sort of state I would have been in. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of questions that are, that are making me want to ask now. I mean, LinkedIn is probably, you're probably the first person to have mentioned LinkedIn. LinkedIn is, is, is massively overlooked, I think, by a lot of... 100%. Like, I know a, a lot of my friends who still work in corporate land, they, they swear by LinkedIn. Mm. And I don't, I don't know how you would use it well as a wedding photographer, but it's, just, it's almost like the forgotten social network, isn't it? Mm, mm. I, th- I think for me personally, like, I, I want to use LinkedIn for the commercial, for the commercial yeah. side. Yeah. And that's purely it. So I do have a mention of, like, I have a wedding photography business, but I said, like, you know, I'm here because I want to show uh, my commercial business yeah. Um, and even in my local networking group, I, everyone knows me for the wedding business, but I said, guys, look, I said, I'm here for the wedding business, obviously. I said, but I said, I want to raise the awareness of my commercial side. And, and that's what I speak about every week uh, when, I, when, we, when we do our Zoom meetings or face-to-face meetings. And that was, that, was, that, 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 that was very important to me. And LinkedIn is like an extension of that. But all my work on there is going to be all like the commercial stuff. With, I think I may have done one or two mentions of like wedding photography, but I'd rather not blur it too much because, you know, we don't, I want to be seen as the... I'm a commercial photographer on LinkedIn yeah. because it's almost like you want to keep it specialized. It's, it's not a case of, I was a jack of all trades, you know, like, oh yeah, it does wedding photography as well. But I don't know. Some people have this conception, misconception that, you know, wedding photographers are like X, Y, and Z, yeah. uh, but we want to keep it a bit specialized. And you know what? Let me talk, you know, if it's business to business, let me talk business. Uh, let me show business work, right? Commercial work rather than wedding, wedding work, which I can keep on to Facebook and Instagram and, and things like that. What were you, what were you doing before wedding photography? Um, so I was a graphic, actually, it's funny. Um, I got hired as an e-learning designer for a medical information company, but I ended up doing all the graphic design work instead. So websites, print media, a uh, bit of video work as well. That's what I ended up doing when I went to this company. Crazy. So still quite creative then, really. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I came from uh, doing e-learning design for, for, from a num- for a number of years, um, which, was, which was interesting. Some of it was pretty much soul-destroying because I pay... Um, I, I used to do, uh, <laughs> on a previous role, um, I ended up, I, I, actually, I was, I was designing, I was doing e-learning design for anti-money laundering courses for, for big banks and stuff. And I, and I, and I left telling my manager, I said, dude, I said, I'm an overpaid copy and paster because we've templated everything. 
And he goes, I get it. Um, and then after that, I never did any more e-learning. But then it was graphic design was always like a, a real good interest of mine. Um, so having that creativity with Photoshop and stuff and wanting to do more of that sort of work was always what I wanted to do. But yeah, and then, and then photography kind of started just, just it was it, basically, I don't know, to be honest, it was following me ever since university or probably a lot more from when I was a kid, uh, yeah. like a lot of people. Yeah. Do you think having a corporate life before photography now helps you when you're dealing with commercial clients? Hundred percent, yeah. Like you know, you sort of know how to how to approach uh, how to approach people uh, that little bit more for that that are say like you know say like some of my law like a couple of law firms that I work with. You know, you sort of know how to approach them initially because it's it's a completely different mindset. Whereas wedding photography is very personal. Uh, this way, you know, you just got to keep that sort of respectful barrier initially, and then slowly, slowly, you know, you get to know them on a professional level. And I think it, it definitely helped coming from a having a bit of a corporate sort of background, uh, knowing how to speak to people that are like very well respected, high, high, high network, net, net worth individuals and things like that. Because you got to be able to talk their language a little bit, you know, and and show, you know, you know, yeah, like they appreciate you as well. And yeah, having that nine to five definitely gave me a lot of structure and stuff to to pick up on things like that. But but I'd always I'd always say like you know what like if you are if you are if you know it's it's not a bad thing to to start off in a, in a nine to five business and have the photography on the side because you do pick up other skills like people skills are like the most important thing. Um, got to be able to approach people. You have got to be able to talk. You know, understand sales, the sales side of it, the contractual sides of it. And I, and I think those things are like invaluable. You can't you can only sort of learn them on as as you go along. Um, I know there's a lot of people that would be like who who probably would have been. Um, just go straight into their own business and they, and they, they start developing themselves, which I know a lot of people have done that. But for me, I think this, this helped just give a good structure. And then, you know, like when I, when I went from that transition from like nine to five or to a full-time photographer, I, I, try, I try my best to keep that structure of a day. Um, so, you know, like 8.30, 9 o'clock, up until five-ish with a, with a lot more flexibility, obviously, like that, that's my working time. And then, and then that, that, that for me was like really important because when I got married, I, I wanted to still have a life with, with Pinky, uh, you know, wanted to like be, be around, uh, with parents and just like hang out with, and hang out with friends that there are nine to fivers and stuff. And it just meant that if I have that balance, because I'm not around on the weekends, but if I keep my evening, like evening, some of my evening, most of my evenings free, I make sure I keep that, keep that structure there. Otherwise, you know what, you know what, I'm sure Adam, you can probably relate. Role definitely to relate. Anyone, anyone who's got a partner who does, who does like nine to fives and stuff like we've got to keep that balance. We've got to keep our, you know, we've got to keep our family life there as well and make sure that, that it's a present because what's the point otherwise, you know, if you're going to, if you're not going to do it to spend time with your friends and family, why, why, why on earth are we doing this? A hundred percent. Huge. I think uh, f- for me, one thing I was, I was in, I was, I had real jobs, corporate jobs for a good 10 years before I came into photography. And I think mm. one thing it, it teaches you that, that need, like you say, for routine, for having a working day. And also to me, it ta- taught me how to finish things. So obviously uh, when, you, when you're working in corporate jobs, you've got somebody saying, right, this is your task and it needs to be done by this point, this day, this whatever, this deadline. And I think working to deadlines and getting stuff finished is, I don't realise I've learned that, but I've definitely learned that. And I think mm. a big thing now that I'm able to bring into my self-employment is that I, I get stuff finished all the time. Yeah. And I really, I really focus on getting stuff finished. Absolutely. And, and you, sort, you sort of touch on that routine. And I think that's important. Like when I've spoken to a lot of people that run their own businesses, you know, that have been, that have doing really well, very successful. They say they have a, re- you know, it's silly as it sounds, but we have a regimented routine. You know, some guys will be getting up at five o'clock, go to the gym, come home, you know, start a bit of work, do a bit of reading, meditation, you know, and, and really works with such a regimented diary, but it works, you know, and you get, you get stuff done. And the last thing you're going to be is like eight o'clock in the evening, be like, oh man, I still got like everything to do. I'm a, I'm a great believer that, you know what, emails, 
I will check it throughout the day, but I'll only ever do like a bulk email in the morning and in the and uh, you know eight to say like nine o'clock in the morning and then again at five o'clock and that's it. I won't bother going through emails and constantly replying back straight away to 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 people because it ruins my flow of my day. You know, I do want to have you know I, I get hungry easily. I get hungry. I do want to have my coffee and a and a toast and avocado at eleven o'clock. So I will make sure I'm in the kitchen at eleven o'clock making that. And it sounds silly, but it's it's just good to keep that routine. Otherwise, um, you go you you know you you your day can just run off completely, and you've gone eight hours, and you've not you've not left your chair. Uh, yeah, and also I think that's another great tip as well, just for just for like working and productivity in general, is to do things in bulk instead of doing like I mean, emails is a small example of it. You know, doing one email here, and then the next mm. email comes in, you answer it, and the next email comes in, you answer it, and you're allowing yourself to be distracted from other tasks at that point to do those things. Whereas whether it is emails or whether it is editing a wedding for me, this is my I'm not saying you might work differently, but I'll I'll get that one thing done, or I'll edit two weddings, three weddings in a row, and work in bulk like that. And I think it's a really good productivity Thank tip. You. So I would I'm say. I would describe you as quite an ambitious guy. And you said something really interesting to me but just before we started recording, uh, which I think is quite a good point to finish on. And you said that the great one of the great things about working with commercial and corporate clients is you meet quite a lot of people that inspire you. So other entrepreneurs, business owners. And I think that's really, I'm not, I didn't expect to be asking this, but, but it's cool that you said that. So like, tell me a bit more about that. So I'd like with, again, like this comes, comes to like through my networking groups and stuff. I've, I've worked with people like that are like, 23 24 and they've got their own sort of business and you feel inspired and you're just like these guys are young they're they're you know they're they're, they're hungry and i've always think of myself as like i like i like i i like to feel like i i still have that drive and ambition yes you know obviously I'm a few years older than these guys but um me and these people like you feel inspired and you listen to what people say and i think it's important like even though they're younger you're still going to learn something and it's nice to be a, around people that are going to have a you know, that sort of similar sort of, uh, that, you know, they want their own business. They want to be ambitious. They want to do good creative projects, uh, and things. And, it, and it's nice to be around, uh, to, to have that sort of influence as well. And I think that's, that's been quite, quite a good thing for me to, to be around these sort of people. It's, it's, it's about being around like-minded people. Um, and I think that that's quite, that's quite important. And it doesn't matter like if they're 10 years older, 10 years younger, if someone's passionate about what they do, you're going to, you know, you, you're going to get in that frame of mind, like, you know what? this is cool. I like, I like, you know, I like being around these people and it helps you. And it definitely helps you the business because they can be like, actually, Sanj, have you tried doing this? Like a lot of these guys, they go, Sanj, why don't you do this for your business? Or why don't you try this? And you'd be like, I didn't even think of things like that. And it's nice to have that because I'm so focused on my photography business uh, and doing what I love to do. But someone will be like, actually, Sanj, look, why don't you try, why don't you try offering this? Or why don't you try offering that um, as an example? And, and it usually works. And you think, actually, yeah, that could work. And it makes your life if it's something that's going to be in terms of like productivity, where something's going to help you be a lot quicker, a lot, uh, a bit more efficient, then why not? I mean, I mean, in a way, you've connected it right back to what you were saying at the beginning. You know, go right back to those early days when you were connecting with people who knew more than you and helped you into the industry and helped your business in those days. I think the key to longevity in business is, is remaining open to that. This is what's so so great about well, self-employment, especially creative creative businesses in general, is well, everybody's got something to teach, and everybody's got something plenty of room to learn. I think, uh, and remaining open to that is massive. Absolutely, be a sponge, be like a kid, be a sponge. Take as much information as you can. Give give out loads of information. Help help someone. It doesn't it doesn't cost you anything. Um, we don't need to keep all our cards to our chest. Just um, yeah, just just be as open open as you can, and you you help someone, and it's good for you. And you know, I think as people, we love. Uh, well, me personally, I, I enjoy that process of teaching or, or trying to help and educate someone. I think it's, it's the it's the biggest gift you can give anyone. All right, hit it.
Thanks a million to Sanjay Gohill again for chatting to me for this episode of the Dotcast. You can check out Sanjay's work at sanjaygohill.co.uk and on Instagram he's Sanjay D. Gohill. You can listen to previous episodes of the Dotcast on your preferred podcast platform, Podpickers. And for more about Nine Dots, head over to nine-dots.co. Take care of yourselves and each other.